Hey, it's your boy, Dave, for The Connected One. We're here today with Jeff Barlow, who was the vice president of marketing for Mary Brown's Chicken. Jeff and I are going to talk about how Mary Brown's Chicken has continued to grow despite the pandemic over the last couple of years and things that Jeff has done to, to make sure that the brand has been steady and continues to grow and serve Canadians some of that great tasting chicken. So, Jeff, how are you doing today? I am doing excellent. Thank you for having me. All right. So let's go back to the beginning, not birth, but you know, what was your first brand that you fell in love with? Well, I think I fell in love with a few clothing brands, but it's now too embarrassing to mention what brands those were, but, <laughs> uh, did you have a pair of kangaroo shoes? Cause I did. There's a possibility of that, but uh, All right. <laughs> we'll keep that quiet. Um, I think probably, it goes back to one of my passions, which might be uh, music. And I was a huge fan. I, I, I grew up on, on hip hop and the emergence of hip hop. And I really fell in love with a lot of the labels that, uh, uh, that emerged uh, from that. And, you know, it could be like Def Jam Records or Fresh Records or Mo, Mo Wax. Uh, just the whole curation of artists that I liked. And then you wrap that up with this like really cool brand uh, and I could always discover new artists from it. So I'd have to say uh, uh, indie uh, hip hop labels and actually indie rock labels too. So um, like Canada's own Dynalone Records, I, I think they're kind of legendary in Canada for top flight music. So anything to do with music and, and curation and creativity, I just really enjoy those, uh, those brands. And I hear the Junos are just around the corner. Yeah, exciting times for uh, Canadian musicians, that's for sure. Absolutely. So, okay, so you're a music head, you love music, you're, you're old school. What about iconic brands? What is an iconic brand to you? Uh, I think an iconic brand, I mean, the fundamental, and believe me, I am no marketing expert. Uh, I can explain that in a little bit. But what it means to me, how I live my life as a marketer is a good brand creates emotion. And that emotion could be many things. It could be an emotion in my case that uh, uh, makes people hungry. That, that, that's a good sign. <laughs> uh, it could be an emotion that uh, has community values. But at the end of the day, um, a, a good brand invokes emotion. Uh, I, I guess the second thing I would look for is, does that brand have a good set of values? Like, could I, as a consumer uh, or a guest of that product or service, get behind what they're about? Like, do, do they kind of meet the, the vibe check of good values? Uh, does it motivate me? And then the other thing, and this is probably, uh, this is up near the top uh, for an iconic brand, uh, is consistently consistency, sorry. Um, there's nothing better than operating a brand that has a consistent truth. It could be that one sort of DNA point or, or something in their genes that they, they follow throughout their entire brand history. And like when you have that consistent truth, you, you can be creative, you can go in different marketing directions, but as long as that consistent truth, that core truth of the brand is always like, a page flip away or a thought away or something that aligns uh, throughout, no matter what you do in all your activities. I love it. Um, you've been in marketing for quite a while now. 
of all the possible careers, what made you choose marketing? Uh, weirdly, I went to school for journalism. Um, I did not work a day in journalism. It, it may have had to do with something about moving to a really remote climate and working for next to nothing money, uh, even back then. Um, and I actually ended up in advertising on the uh, supplier side. So, um, of course, there's, uh, you know, a ton of marketing that, but um, I'm definitely not a classically trained marketer. I, I, I'm not from the P&G school. And so I've actually only been a, in a pure marketing role on the client side for a little over three years. But okay. um, I think that's what they liked about me when they heard me is, is they didn't want your classic QSR marketer. Um, uh, nothing against classic QR marketers. There's some really amazing marketers. I, I think they just wanted a, a little bit of a different, a different change. So uh, what I lacked in experience directly on client side and specifically in the QSR category, I think I brought... Uh, lessons learned from fortune 500 companies integrated marketing and i think it benefited both sides so uh, again i'm not i'm not your classically trained marketer i'm i'm sort of going with uh, my past experience with with other brands and creating uh, custom solutions in any sure. situation sure but sounds like you've hit the ground running so you know looking back over the last three years what would you say would be some of the biggest changes that you've made for yourself professionally and personally? Uh, I think in my past life, I was 100% advertising. Uh, in this role, I'm probably 10% advertising and 90% everything else. Uh, a marketer's job goes so far beyond booking your, your GRPs and your impressions and, uh, and creating uh, uh, compelling commercials. It's it's about how does the guest feel? Um, how does the guest feel when they walk in our doors? Uh, are our stores as clean as absolute possible? Do the, the menu screens make sense as you're reading them? Um, every, like in the pandemic, keeping people safe. I, I mean, like there's just, there's a thousand jobs in one. So sure. I think my learning and my journey on the client side has been all about trying to understand that and trying to draw upon what I've done in the past to try and improve that. And sometimes listening and learning is a better situation. So I listen and learn and then try and act on my best instinct and uh, married with some good data. Um, and that's the other piece is I've never immersed myself in data as much as I have in this role to make decisions these days, it's it's the easy path is to go with your gut and hope for the best. But I, I I'm not sure that 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 uh, works. It works once in a while, and you know, quick creative idea. But if you're guiding an entire restaurant's experience and a guest experience, you, you need a lot of data to back that up. Now you talk about data, but let's be honest, no data could have helped anybody get through the pandemic. It was new for everybody. I 100% agree with that. I mean, we there wasn't really lessons to be learned because it hasn't happened in our lifetime. So we had to make some guest decisions, and it's which is weird, which is the opposite of the, the data I just spoke about. Uh, right. You said, I mean, we when we when the 
pandemic first launched, we were, we were about to launch one of our largest campaigns in the company's history with uh, uh, our new spicy chicken. And uh, I've mentioned this before in an interview, like we literally had to scrap our entire marketing plan and we had to go, what makes sense for people as this pandemic started? And we realized that news, people want news more than anything else. They, 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 they may like spicy chicken, but that's not what's foremost on their mind. So we ended up partnering with Post Media uh, Network. And right. we realized that news is not accessible for everyone in Canada, that it's all paywalled now uh, because you know people are trying to run businesses. So we actually took a lot of our marketing budget and we paid to have the paywall dropped across Canada in every single uh, post uh, media digital newspaper uh, for Canadians for a month and in some cases a month and a half. So it's what we were constantly trying during the pandemic to figure out what do our guests need? How can we best serve them? It may not be a menu item. It may be just giving them news so that they can get ideas to feed their kids or uh, entertain their family or just to learn more about what's happening with the unfolding situation. Now I'm going to assume again, since you're a data guy that you probably evaluated all the different possible new sources. And there, was there something specific that made you go with post media versus another network? Uh, I just knew from my past is they're, they're one of the largest news purveyors in the country. And, uh, uh, they are, uh, they're not just at a, a national standpoint with a national post, uh, you know, they, they have the, the, the Suns, uh, the Vancouver, uh, Vancouver province, like j- just a whole bunch of different newspapers that hit everyone's communities. So I just found it as the, the most national way to get the most news paywalls dropped. Right. And again, you guys are national brand. So sorry, national brand. So let's go into that. Let's dive into that. You know, what is Mary Brown's chicken? Uh, Mary Brown's chicken to me is Canada's best kept secret. Um, My job is to change the best kept secret part of it. But I mean, really what it is, is how many enterprise level restaurant chains, especially in the chicken category, bring a whole chicken into the restaurant, hand cut it in store, and then serve it uh, to order. Um, Our potatoes literally come in in the bags fresh from from local Canadian farmers. Uh, We bring it into store and we hand cut it in store so you're getting the freshest product possible. Even our coleslaw is is made in store. Um, So I think to me, it's, it's how we prepare our food. Um, sure. And you can taste it. I, I'm not trying to drop a, a marketing commercial on you, but honestly, when you when you come to, uh, it's a, one of the biggest reasons I joined is when I tasted this food, I got, this is something special. I can get behind this. And I mentioned, you know, that core truth and, and that consistency and what makes an iconic brand. Uh, right. We've been around since 1969. So there's no accident that a brand lasts that long. It's just serving a really honest product that, I certainly can get behind and obviously uh, over 50 years of uh, guests have gotten behind and continue to support. Now, okay. You say it's Canada's best kept secret, but I'm going to, I'm going to push the envelope here. Who is Mary Brown? (laughs) Uh, Great question. So Mary Brown, believe it or not, was actually someone who lived in the U S and she was uh, um, a lady who just happened to be, in the right place at the right time when two gentlemen from Newfoundland were visiting. 
and they tried her chicken. And I, I, I don't want to tell you conclusively whether they were a guest at her house or whether she was operating a small independent little store. They tried it and flipped out and they said, look, we love this recipe. We'd love to bring this back to Canada and uh, do something with it. So uh, she agreed. They, they, they bought the recipe. They brought it to Canada. They, they evolved it. And uh, it became Murray Brown's chicken as we know it today. All right. Listen, Bieber's got his uh, deal with Tim Hortons. How about we get some Ford fries up in here or something? <laughs> uh, well, I can give you taters. So we have fries, but I highly <laughs> recommend our taters. That's the, the, the fresh cut uh, uh, experience of Murray Brown's. Okay. We're going to talk about that offline. Okay. So. Any other big changes that you had to implement over the uh, the last couple of years? You know, you, you talked about the, the sponsorship with the paywall. Um, is there anything else that, you know, you, you find really has helped grow the brand and to reach, you know, that many more consumers over the last couple of years? Yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of things and you can just cut me off whenever, but uh, it's amazing as a marketer and I don't, uh, it, it's not prevalent that, every brand knows who their guests are exactly like they run digital campaigns and they optimize against who engages with it. I mean, that's one way, but if you're conclusively spending millions of dollars in marketing and you don't conclusively know who your audience is, uh, you may have a, a, a problem. So um, we spent a lot of time and resources in understanding exactly who our current guest was um, and is and also where we want our, our, our profile of guests to go to and where we need it to go to. So that was my first kind of jump into the role is, is doing deep, deep dives into to audiences. So I found that out. We're primarily, you know, uh, foodies love us and sports fans love us. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of other attributes that I won't get into uh, about that. We know who they are. We know where they live. We know their proximity to store. Um, and we started getting into, you know, what, what do they like about us and all that. So after doing all that, then we started invested in marketing. So we went from um, potentially kind of like a little bit of an older school, traditional marketing method that involved maybe, you know, direct mail and couponing um, to digital acquisition and being where uh, our audiences are and, and where guests can feel more rewarded. Um, we recognize the travel or the, the challenge of traditional media. So we wanted to focus on live audiences. So as I mentioned, uh, sports is a huge uh, interest for our fans. So we created a special integration with the Raptors. Right. <clears throat> we have a big three sponsorship uh, within the first quarter, which is live of every home game on Sportsnet, <laughs> as well as running our, our, our uh, 30 second spots. Uh, we have utilized Canadians to help tell our story. We really focus on that Canadian aspect. So we use Chris Boucher, who's a power forward with the Toronto Raptor. He comes from Montreal, uh, just a great guy. And uh, uh, we did had a lot of fun with him. And just literally uh, at the beginning of the Jays season, we, we launched our five-year partnership with the Toronto Blue Jays, another wow. great Canadian company. Uh, and that includes, you know, exclusivity in the, in the chicken category as far as uh, official chicken sandwich, official chicken restaurant of the Jays, uh, a huge media campaign with them, uh, uh, spots, of course, in the, in the broadcast, and then marketing rights and logo usage. 
So we're really proud of that. We're going to expand that. And that could include uh, utilizing athletes. It could include uh, some of our charitable efforts, uh, maybe work with the Jays Foundation. Like there's just endless extensions between two great Canadian companies. And then beyond that, we launched uh, an app, uh, which we have almost a half million uh, downloads already. We've, Is it loyalty-based as well? or? Yeah, 100%. So uh, wherever we can uh, reward our guests, we, we go out of a way to do that. So we have uh, loyalty points uh, that works that. And we're also going to drive uh, value and uh, uh, special offerings through through the app. So and not only that, it just allows us to, to give better offers uh, because we know who our guests are at that point. We don't want to give, you know, a, a 18 piece feast to, a, you know, a struggling student just trying to get through university and, and vice versa. So um, we also uh, did a lot of work in uh, our amazing PR company uh, with Rocket, who's uh, Jillian's uh, on the call now. Uh, they've been fantastic, just sort of amplifying our, our news. Uh, we have uh, we custom built a food truck to travel to concerts and uh, big events, uh, not really to, to make money, but more just like our kind of our, our insight. If you try us one, one bite of our food and can, I can't guarantee you, but I will almost guarantee you, you'll become a, uh, a loyal guest with Mary Brown's. So that that's the primary uh, reason for that. And menu innovation, our snack menu. Uh, we just launched our Nashville uh, uh, sandwich and taters, which is amazing. Highly encourage you to try that. And then just trying to be better uh, on our creative side. So we, we did work with, uh, we created a, a one acre crop circle in a local farmer's field uh, to showcase where our potatoes came from. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And we had uh, uh, drones up there and we worked with a local farmer to make it all happen, which was uh, uh, amazing. And then the end spot was a digital spot that we liked so much that we dropped it into uh, the Jays playoff run or almost playoff run last year in the last six games. So there's tons going on, many more great things going on that we're going to be excited to announce. And I think you guys also did something with uh, another charity. Was it Big Brothers Canada? Yeah. Like so Boys and Boys and Clubs Club? Yeah. Club? So uh, BGC, which was formerly Boys and Girls Clubs of Canada, another amazing Canadian company. They started, I believe, in 1926 out of Halifax. And their kind of tagline is uh, opportunity changes everything. And it purely focuses on, on uh, youth who may run into some challenges, uh, marginalized youth. So uh, Mary Brown's as a brand, it, first of all, it starts with our owner, uh, Greg Roberts. He's like the most philanthropic, kind, gentle guy. He's like, he is your absolute, like, perfect Canadian uh, as far as community goes. And so we jump behind this charity and our whole mission is to uh, uh, support Canadian youth, whether they're having challenges or marginalized, whatever that situation is, uh, we're, we're fully behind that. Wow. Um, you know, on that social issues, you know, over the last couple of years, consumers have become so much more passionate about the world around them. I mean, they always have been, but it just seems like, over the last couple of years, it's been amplified that much more. Um, how do you guys choose to be involved in social issues? Yeah, so I absolutely cannot speak for other brands, but I can speak for us. Um, I don't think as a chicken restaurant, we want to weigh in on, you know, political views, religious views, 
Um, uh, I mean, our guests are happy to, to, to debate that or talk about that on our social channels by all means, but I don't think that's our role to, to dictate our opinion. Um, I think our role, and it's the similar to what we did with the, uh, you know, dropping the paywall is how can we help our guests navigate through tougher situations? So uh, when the pandemic started, the other thing we did is we, we, we dedicated ourselves to nonstop food delivery to frontline workers, uh, as many great brands did. Um, and whether that be, you know, a mental health shelter, a youth shelter, uh, like our frontline workers for me was our grocery store workers. They, they had to work no matter what. And so we, we dropped food to them as well. Um, with Ukraine, um, we're trying to uh, help out a little bit in, in our own small way and, and provide uh, some help with accommodation and, and uh, flights. And, you know, if they, if they need a job, you know, it doesn't matter if they work one day in Mary Brown's or if they want to work the rest of their lives, that's okay. Uh, we're just trying to provide help, relief, support. So that's how I feel our role is in, in a social situation, not to dictate, ju just to, to be on the back end of support. That, that's how we support our communities. Pretty incredible. It's great to hear. So Jeff, you know, give our listeners a little bit more insight into the, the history of Mary Brown's Chicken. When did it first start? You know, where, where are you today in terms of uh, physical locations? All the good stuff. Great. Yeah, uh, Mary Brown started in 1969, and throughout the years, uh, growth occurred, and then we went into Ontario, and uh, now we're literally in every single province except for Quebec, and uh, definitely uh, Quebec is, is on our mind for, for future growth. Um, also, international growth as well. Uh, oh. We currently have over 200 locations um, across Canada. And uh, a crazy goal to open uh, almost 50 new locations in 2022 alone. So uh, we are in explosive growth mode. And I think as you've seen throughout the pandemic, uh, QSRs uh, in particular, uh, ours and, and actually not in particular any QSR, uh, many of them were built for the pandemic. I mean, when you have drive-throughs, you have digital delivery. In our case, we have an app. Um, it was, the pandemic was a horrible time, but uh, uh, we thrived as did many other QSRs just because of the uh, different variables and the different options you had to order food uh, from a QSR. Okay, that's pretty great. So sorry, you said, did I catch you right? You said you're going to expand beyond Canada as well? Yes. So from an international perspective, uh, we believe this brand would do extremely well um, outside of uh, Canada. So uh, we're starting to sign deals. Uh, we, you know, we're looking at places like Pakistan, uh, Egypt, the UK, uh, and perhaps even the Caribbean. So um, we definitely have our eyes not just on expansion in Canada, uh, but beyond our borders. Wow. That's uh that's exciting times, but I guess that also puts pressure on you in the sense that your role is not just marketing to consumers, but based on a franchise model, you're, you're, you also have to market out to friend, possible franchise owners. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, again, it goes back into that role as a, as a marketer. It's, uh, it'd be nice to say it's just all B2C or, or business to a consumer, but it's not. Um, 
on the B2B side, you're always, you know, you're talking to potential operators or franchisees. Uh, and not just that, they're the investment community as well. So, I mean, there's so many different people that look at you beyond uh, as a guest, uh, whether investors or uh, people who want to run their own business, uh, which is a lot these days, entrepreneurs. So you have to consider all of their, uh, their thoughts, desires, uh, suggestions, and be able to market to them in an effective way. Wow. Well, there you have it. Jeff Barlow, VP of Marketing, Mary Brown's Chicken. He is a man with a mission and he's moving things around. Appreciate your time today, Jeff. Anytime. It was great. Thank you so much.